may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The month of June is really, really hard on atheists. <laughs> See all things growing and blooming and the variety of, uh, of flowers and uh, birds and wildlife. And your soul and your spirit is filled with thanksgiving and atheist. Who would I thank? Who would I thank for that? It must be really frustrating. Really hard on atheists. I know we're filled with uh, gratitude and thanksgiving already as we have worshipped God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a way that God is present with us and manifests God's own self in those ways. The word Trinity does not appear in the Bible, but it is a gift to us from, from the saints, from those who have lived and moved and had their being in God Almighty and have articulated their experience that God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even that's a metaphor. God is creator, sustainer, redeemer. It's a functional way to look at it. But the Trinity is maybe the most inviting and practical thing that we can uh, look at and consider, maybe practice in our lives of faith. Last week was Pentecost when we celebrated the arrival of the promised Holy Spirit. I think Alyssa had that question, who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit, Alyssa? <laughs> she got it. God is, the Holy Spirit is God everywhere, present, powerful, working in us, the church and the world. When you feel something moving in yourself, in your, in your soul, in your, in your spirit, when you feel like your, your faith is being activated or even challenged, the way Bob pointed out in the Matthew text, that, that even as they were worshiping Jesus as he was ascending, but some doubted, that's the exercise of your faith. That's the, the stretching of your faith muscles, the same as you would be lifting a heavy box or, or pushing against something with your, with your body. You could feel the strain of it. You could feel the test of it. And doubt, questioning functions like that in our, in our faith. And so Matthew and, and even Jesus didn't, didn't say, don't doubt, don't doubt. You're weak. No, but acknowledged the doubts and invited those who would question, those who would doubt Thomas most, uh, most usually to come and satisfy your doubts, your questions, so that your faith might be strong, just as our muscles actually tear physically when they are strained like that. And then as they heal, they become stronger. So also in our questioning does our faith become stronger. The very label of the Trinity, the idea that Trinity is, has that kind of potential. As we try to figure it out, how can be one be three and three be one? And uh, are we actually 
polytheists worshiping several gods, or I thought we were supposed to be a monotheist. It's a stumbling block for many people who who are who are so narrowly focused on the label of one God and can't get beyond that. No compromise in that literal understanding of one God. How can one be three? the solution is to remember that God is one, but God is polyvalent. God is manifest God's own self, His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, His Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, and probably other ways that, uh, that we're invited to recognize as our own lives become more and more attuned to the variety and the diversity of God with us, God creating us, and God alive in us. Tertullian, ancient church father, said that, uh, that the Trinity is like a, a plant. The Trinity is like a plant that God the, God the Father might be like a deep root that a plant sends down, or a seed that dwells in the, in the dark earth. And mysteriously, miraculously, yet persistently brings forth life, sending down roots. And the shoot that comes out into the open, into the world, is the sun. And as the plant grows and as it uh, leaves out and as it bears blossom and fruit, that's the Holy Spirit bringing fragrance and bringing that kind of aromatic beauty to all creation, attracting, attracting all kinds of creatures to it. The birds and the bees and, and also humans as they see the beauty and want to admire, want to worship in a way, want to take it with them. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Plants, roots, the shoots, and the blossom. We saw many manifestations of the Trinity last week here at Confirmation Sunday. And maybe most uh, obviously in the witnesses of the four confirmands. Alyssa with her dance and Ryan with his drums. Megan with her song and, uh, and Taylor with her poem. Were they identical? No, not at all. Not at all in what they said, nor in the form of how they shared their witness. Nor was our response identical in each. We gave thanks to God, certainly, but, but their witness ignited in us the different kinds of responses. And then at the end of the witness and at the end of the service, we were filled with praise. And would anyone have doubted that God is with us? God is with us. How has God been with us? Well, in the witness of four contramands, but in several different ways. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. And we saw glimpses of that in the witness of the contramands. People coming to faith. People activated by, activated by the Holy Spirit 
to articulate and to give witness to their faith. Richard Rohr wrote a book just a couple years ago, uh, The Divine Dance. It's about the Trinity. And he wrote in the preface, he said, I think this might be my most important book. I think it's been gestating within me all my life, and I, I haven't known how to start to write about the Trinity. Who does? He said, my problem was that I was seeking to be exhaustive. I was seeking to draw a circle of fence around the Trinity to define it in the way that the world wants to have things defined, or even the church sometimes wants to have things defined. Christ is, is this, God is this, Holy Spirit is this, but it is not this. And he wrote that, that he could say many things that the God creator was and redeemer, sustainer, and but that he couldn't and wouldn't draw a fence around where was the limit of that. And he rejoiced in that. He was grateful for it because God is God. Because God has the freedom to make God's self known in many and various ways. But the title shares his conclusion about what the Trinity is. It's a dance. A divine dance. A dance within the, within the characteristics of God. A dance that, uh, that is joyous, a dance that has rhythm, a dance that, uh, that elicits and responds, a dance that has movement. Maybe a better name for the Holy Spirit is holy energy. The holy energy of creativity and order. The holy energy of, of beauty. God everywhere, present and powerful. Working in us, the church, in the world. In the dance of the Trinity. Dance fascinates me. I'm Scandinavian. I'm rhythm impaired. <laughs> I dance in my head all the time and I, I, I think and on my list of I would love to know how to do that and, uh, and it, even in, uh, in watching Alyssa rehearse here for her dance that she offered us last week I was just amazed and drawn, drawn to her energy and to her movements to the order of what she was doing it, it wasn't random and we didn't know what she was going to do next, but yet she did, and, and her body did, and, and the energy of her faith did. We were, we were blessed. Weren't you drawn in? I was. Ah, oh, that's part of the dance. She was the only one that was making those moves, but we were the ones that were responding and drawn in. Our spirits responded in a dance-like way to what she was doing. And so what she did displayed her talent and displayed her rehearsing, displayed her plan, but it displayed how God is. She was saying, this is what God does. This is how God moves. 
This is how God gets our attention. And in a very subtle and effective way, she was saying, now, don't I have your attention? Well, you give God your attention to the moves that he is making in your life. I officiated at a wedding many years ago and uh, and at the reception afterward in a, in a in a country club in a golf course ended up in a, a table of, of people and uh, uh, we were snacking on our dessert when the when the dancing started on the on the floor and uh, and the lights went down and the uh, I, I guess you call them strobe lights or disco lights or something they were flashing and everything and and more and more people were drawn out to the, to the dance floor. And I was sitting at the table wishing I could be out there, but knowing that I really shouldn't. <laughs> and I might just shut down the dance. And there was a person that was at the table still with me, and uh, a person I didn't know very well, but, uh, but he had thanked me for the reverence and the solemnity of the of the wedding service. We even had talked a little bit about some of the scriptures that, uh, that we had that we had used. He leaned over and he said, All right, Pastor, where is God in all this? I think I was supposed to say, Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> God's, God's back in the church. God's back in the, in the, in the holy hush and in the, in the severe frowns of, of people there in the pews trying to work out their salvation or figure it out who God is and what he wants them to do. But yet what's happening on the dance floor was so joyous and so attractive. It was the Holy Spirit that prompted me to say, well, God's out there. God's out there in the rhythm and in the lights and, and in the smiles. You see how, what a good time those people are having. You see how they're attracted to each other and, and the bride and the groom. I don't even think their feet are hitting the ground. They're so much in love. The dance has invited them into deeper and more joyful intimacy. Intimacy. Do you think they love each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they sure do. And even more, the more that they dance together. And I thought to myself, let that be a metaphor for the rest of their lives. And their dancing and their invitation and their response and their twirls and their experiments. And even their stumbles and their falls and even in the way that they might trip and step on each other's feet, they weren't really good dancers. But it was a God thing that was happening. The Trinity, the divine dance. The men that just sang, they invited us to do something like that too. Maybe that's as as wild as we get, these men, but, but didn't you feel that rhythm in yourself that there was something more that was 
moving, that there was something that was being explored, something that was being ignited. Jerry worked so hard with us to get rhythm in us, to draw it out of us, and Kay led the way with her, with her great syncopation and everything. So, so in the end, we didn't have a choice. We had to follow along and to dance. Dance as we sang, I'm bound for the kingdom. I'm bound for the kingdom. The song is an answer to the question, why should we be rhythmic? Why should we be happy? Why should we be confident? Why should we step out and try it? Because we are bound for the kingdom. We're bound for the place where God dwells in fullness and in joy. We're bound for the place where God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, <laughs> is dancing. <laughs> Loving each other and in relationship with each other. It's a source of life. It's a source of love. The source of joy. Let's pray. I'm going to pray this way uh, to start with. Uh, uh, the choir will be 